welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into episode 32 of the Get Around Podcast. I am your host, Sir Brendan Queeley of House Podcast Host. Need something better than that. Joining me in the studio, though, Sir Jimmy James Cook of House eBay. Sir Barry Arturo Summers of House Weightlifting. And Sir Jake Atnip of House State Farm. <laughs> you probably saw that one coming from a mile away, I would imagine. 10,000 miles away. Perfect. Uh, yes, as I, as I said, welcome into episode 32. We've got a fantastic show for you this week. Coming up a little bit later, Brett and I sat down with Traverse City West soccer stars Jalen Dobrovolsky and McKenna DeVries. Brett, I thought we had a fantastic conversation with them, despite the fact that James uh, stood awkwardly throughout the interview and just watched the whole thing go down. Just wanted to hear what they had to say. I uh, needed to buy another microphone. Uh, we've already been told that that is not going to happen. I did suggest to our managing editor that we could buy a, a sound mixer with four outlets, for, or I'm sorry, six outlets, four mics, but uh, he quickly... Quickly shot. I don't even think I had the question finished before he went no. I wonder why he wouldn't approve any of your future expenditures. I, I, I can't really figure it out. I can't put my finger on it. It's probably because I have cost this company a lot of money throughout working overtime and also the equipment that I've just bought and decided to ask for forgiveness later instead of permission. So yeah, here we are. Episode 32. As I've said four to five times already, I think. <laughs> uh, we've got a, a great show other than the interview with Dabrowski and DeVries coming up a little bit later we have our soccer player predictions of the year we also have the Get Around Hall of Fame is back and since we finally had at least a little bit of prep action uh, we will induct another player into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athlete of the Week uh, a new segment that we have here it's the Get Around Bulletin Board we're just going to go over a couple things uh, newsworthy that uh, we aren't going to have a chance to get through in the Pulse this week. And then, as always, we will end our show with the trifecta, which this week we're going with the four-bagger, the ham-bone, the hedgehog, what are we, what are we calling this, the, the quadrant? My vote's on ham-bone. Ham-bone. All right, so we got one for ham-bone. James? I'm not sure I can completely support that. It just sounds weird, but whatever. Well, for some of you who don't know, ham-bone is when you get four strikes in bowling. Unofficially. Unofficially, whatever. Brett did a little Wikipedia research before we went on the air, so clearly that, you know, that, that, that is... That guy thought he was you, and he just started making stuff up, and it stuck. But isn't that the best way to make a name for yourself? Or at least make a name for Jimmy James, State Farm, and Barry Arturo, and not one myself. I guess House Podcast, that would be good for me, Right. Yeah, Sir Brendan Queeley of House Podcast. I like that. That sounds pretty good. I'm not going to introduce ourselves as that every single week, but I wanted to do something special for this week because episode number 32 is not much of a milestone, but here we are anyway. That is how I want you to introduce yourself to new people. <laughs> <laughs> or Sir Brandon, because I've heard it just about as many people say Brandon as Brendan. But before we get to anything else in the episode, why don't we check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. Girls soccer has yet to start because of the weather. Have there been any games that have gotten underway? At, le at least one. I know, I know North Bay played one up in Sutton's Bay with snow still on the field. Okay. Oh, yes. I remember they, they played Gaylord, right? Yes. Wasn't it like a destruction 9-1 Nine to one. Nine to one. Nine to one. Yeah. Well, 9-1 to one Gaylord. Wait, 9-1 Gaylord. Yes. Uh, it shows how much I have been paying attention to sports since I've left sports and now find myself sitting on the news desk. So yeah, soccer 2018. What are we? What should we expect? Why don't we go ahead and look at Traverse City West first, considering that we have uh, two Titans on the show a little bit later. They in the in the playoffs last year they defeated Central Traverse City Central, their rival, seven to three in overtime, but fell in the district championship game, five to nothing to Midland. They do have our co-players of the year coming back. They combined for 66 goals and 41 assists, uh, and that was 78% of the offense. James, looking at the West team this year and having stood in on the, uh, on the interview with uh, Dobbs and DeVries, what could we expect from the, this Titans team this year? I think they're far and away got to be the 
the favorites to win the Big North Conference this year. Um, they've got to be a team, I think, that is a legit contender to win that district and get out of districts uh, this season as well. Uh, that, that loss to, to Midland in the district final last year has to really sting for them. But, I mean, they, they've got two of the highest-scoring players coming back. You know, they've got uh, it, they've had to have quite a bit of that whole team coming back. And then they've got some new players coming in as well that uh, that they'll filter into there. And you know, they look like a pretty pretty deep, competitive team all around. Brett, in that interview, what impressed you the most about uh, our two players, those those two players, Dabrowski and DeVries? Well, I think, you know, the first thing you notice is just, uh, you know, they have a confidence in what, they, in what they're doing. Um, and you'll find out later there's uh, some changes within the program moving into the season. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle those. But, um, you know, I think when you have two players of that caliber returning, I mean, you would guess that, chemistry and that kind of thing is only going to improve between the pair and then you know, the rest of the team as well. So assuming the changes that they're making have the, uh, the impact the coaches are looking for, I mean, pretty logical to expect them to be better than last year, I think. I think what really struck me about them was uh, the unity. They, they seemed uh, very confident in both each other and their team. It seems like a unified team going into this season, and that could be a, a big reason why they finish this season or go through this season uh, with a lot of success. On the other side of town, Traverse City Central, uh, they had that loss to West, but I'm expecting them to take a, a step forward this year. Brett James, I don't know about you, but they do have two really big players coming back. Rebecca Cotton, who's got a great soccer IQ. She's a big playmaker for him, and, and Abby Puckett as well. Both of those are going to be vying for at least dream team spots when this season is over. Yeah, I think they should be pretty competitive. Um, I mean, West, I think, proved to be you know, a step or two ahead of them last year, but uh, you know, a pair of seniors that you just mentioned that should have a pretty big say in, in how those things go. And um, I mean, we've seen kind of across the board in other sports that uh, you know, teams can close the gap pretty quickly. I mean, you just for a, an example from this last season, you know, going into the Northwest Conference basketball year, we kind of all were figuring that Buckley was going to be at the front of that, but, you know, giving Glen Lake a chance, and you know, that was a team that made a huge jump, um, you know, to kind of catch the caliber that the, the Bears had from the year before. So, you know, it wouldn't be surprising in, in an instance like this to see, you know, Central improve and and kind of tighten the gap, I guess. Yeah, I think you'll see them uh, take another step forward, too. I mean, they've got a, a pretty good core of players coming back there. And then they've also got the new coach in place in uh, Andy Smith that they brought over from Glen Lake. Um, so I think that'll add another little kind of shot in the arm to the program, uh, you know, the excitement of a new coach, new program, new new scheme, all that, uh, I think will be another uh, added asset for them. Yeah, and you got Anna Werfel, Katie Ferguson, Emma Dutmers, uh, you know, Nice, complimentary players uh, that are going to make that team a lot better when they take the field. The other team here in Traverse City, Traverse City St. Francis and Traverse City Christian make up the Traverse City Liberty. Another team I would expect to make a big jump, especially since they are getting Natalie Graff from Elk Rapids. Graff had 26 goals and 16 assists last year. She was a dream teamer for us uh, here at the Record Eagle and Combined with that, uh, you've got Libby Kirchmark, 16 goals, 7 assists. Maddie Weirda, 16 goals, 6 assists. Uh, and then Kelly Kletner. Funny story about Kelly Kletner, not actually about her, but about her dad. Last, It was the last day of Cherry Festival this past year, 2017. So when was that? Anybody? July. July. Well, I know that. July 8th? <laughs> July 8th? Something like that? No? Around there? So I had, I was getting ready to go out to the Cherry Festival, spend the night, go watch the fireworks, walk around for a little bit. And I was cleaning my apartment and sliced my wrist open on a discarded, the, the, the cap of a tuna can, one that I had kind of cut off and slid open my wrist. Still got a scar sitting there, which is really nice. And I actually still have like one of the stitches embedded uh, in there and we'll actually get to who, the, who put my stitches in. Uh, and I had to go to the 
uh, had to go to the emergency room because it was a little open, looked pretty disgusting. I mean, it wasn't too bad. My dad would have looked at it and called it a weenie cut and just walk, walk it off, rub some dirt on it. Uh, but so I went there, and the doctor that saw me and put the stitches in was actually Kelly Kletner's dad. I can't remember his first name, but Dr. Kletner, thank you so much for stitching me up so nicely. I really appreciate it. What are we thinking that the Liberty should do this year? They do have, uh, I think they got a good team. I think all three Traverse City teams uh, are looking really good. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the, the addition of Graf to that team is just going to be huge. I mean, she's, you know, a, a powerful soccer player who just can control the pace of play in that game from midfield up to the forward, you know, wherever they're going to put her in at. Um, she's going to make that team a lot better. I mean, she stepped in and was a great player right away when she was a freshman at Elk Rapids. Well, the, the interesting thing to me is what that does within the Lake Michigan Conference because you take Graf off of Elk Rapids, you would assume, um, you know, they lose a little bit and then, you know, throw her on um, probably the next best team or maybe after this year plays out the new best team in that conference. Um but uh, I, I think it's definitely going to be a, a two-team race in the LMC between the Liberty and Elk Rapids. And speaking of Elk Rapids, a beautiful segue into our next team. Uh, the Elks are sitting at number, I think they're number five in the D4 rankings right now. Uh, and Glen Lake is also in the rankings. They're sitting at 15. Uh, and again, this is without many games being played. Uh, so if any. Much. So right now they're pretty much, the rankings are staying the same from the 16th or from the 9th, from April 9th to, to now the 16th. Uh, they won a district title, and in those three wins on the way to a district title, they allowed just one goal, and a lot of that has to do with goalie Drew Antcliffe, um, who allowed just, she had 14 shutouts in her first year. This was her first year on varsity. She was a third-teamer on All-State. Uh, you get back Nikki Hayes, 27 goals, 11 assists. I think having that offensive power and having Antcliffe and goal shutting down other teams is uh, is such a, a big uh, big reason for uh, Elk Rapids sitting at number five right now. Yeah, I mean, and that defensive that played in front of Antcliffe was really good too. I mean, and their offense kind of played into that. I mean, with Hayes and Graf and uh, Claire Klein, some other players that they had last season, it was hard to get the ball away from them. And that's almost your best defense. I mean, the other team can't get the ball, they ain't going to score. Uh, um, and that was, that was the way it was in a lot of Elk Rapids games last season. Yeah, Klein is, she's coming in here as a captain, four-year captain or four-year uh, varsity starter, actually. Uh, although her offensive numbers weren't big, 12 goals, five assists, it's more contributing for her uh, on the defensive side of the ball and really running the team and making sure that everything's going smoothly. One of the teams in the area that might take a step back uh, is Cadillac, and that's only because they lose Alexis Little last year. She had 35 goals, 12 assists. I think that was, I think that was the most goals in the uh, in this area. I think she tied with, yeah, in fact, she tied with uh, Jalen Dobrovolsky for 35 goals. Uh, the what put uh, Dobbs over the top were her 23 assists, something. Oh, 21 assists. Uh, on that side, but they lose little. Uh, they also lose uh, Lena Mejas. Uh, she had, hopefully I'm pronouncing that name right, Lena, if you are listening to this, I apologize. Um, but she was a talented midfielder, eight goals, 12 assists, all-state honorable mention. Um, losing those two players, I, I, it's probably going to be tough for them to replace that. Been a little bit of a backward slide for Cadillac girls teams across the board. They've you know, been good uh, for... Un- you know, quite a few years in a row already, and this is the first time kind of seeing... Um, yeah, volleyball, basketball, they've been uh, pretty dominant. Yeah, they have. And uh, so, I, you know, I've heard that they've got some good athletes coming up. I don't know to uh, expect Cadillac to remain down for long, but uh, I think you're probably right in that assessment. One team that could make some noise and might be little bit of a surprise. I'm not sure if you could categorize them as a surprise, but this is Charlevoix. The Raiders are unranked right now, but I think this is a team to watch out for. They get the uh, Nesberg sisters back, Rachel and Natalie. They combine for 26 goals and 19 assists. Uh, they have the head coach's daughter, Megan Scolton. She had a big freshman year, 16 goals, 8 assists. Uh, Elise Stuck, who is just your 
I don't know, prototypical athlete. Uh, I know that she dual sported last year doing soccer and track and field. I would imagine she's doing that again, if we are incorrect on that. Again, this is probably do a little research before I mention But I think if they have Elise stuck on there, uh, that, that'll be big for them. Thanks for another competitive Lake Michigan conference team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, along with them, uh, other teams in the area that you should be looking out for, Sutton's Bay or North Bay with Sydney Dedman, Kingsley, you have Hannah Dutton and Kelsey Byes, Benzie Central, Miley Church is in there, and then Leland with a uh, probably a potential candidate for player of the year in Molly Grishaw. She is, uh, she's quite talented when she's out on the field. Any of the teams that I mentioned, West Central, Liberty, Elk Rapids, Cadillac, Charlevoix, and Sutton's Bay, Kingsley, Benzie, and Leland, any of those can you know, uh, be a big surprise. I already mentioned that Charlevoix is a candidate for one of those. Elk Rapids has the experience of last year. and you know, uh, Last couple of years, I think they've what, made yeah. runs to the quarters two or three years in a row. Yeah, I mean, Coach Krakow has them you know, in that position more years than not. Um, so they've got that experience. You know, West kind of got on the verge of having that experience against the district finals last year with a fairly young team. Um, so I think I think they'll take another step forward. I think TC Central will take a step forward um, just with the you know, new coach, new staff, and uh, got some pretty good players coming back. And Ken Graff, who are TC Liberty, is going to be huge for them. Two of those athletes who are going to be making more of a name for themselves this season on the soccer field, on the pitch, is our, our guest, Trevor City West, Jalen Dabrowski, and McKenna DeVries. Uh, we were fortunate enough to talk with them. Why don't we go ahead and listen to the interview right now? All right, it is our pleasure now to welcome in the two-headed beast of Traverse City West girls soccer. Jalen, I got to ask you, is it Dobrovolsky, Dobrovolsky? Dobrovolsky. Dobrovolsky, okay. Yeah. That's why we usually just refer to you as Dobbs in the office. No, that's really cool. I mean, okay. it, it's get butch- it gets butchered all the time, so. <laughs> what is the worst pronunciation of your last name that you've heard? I hear people who don't even add the R. It's like Dobrowolsky or something. It's just in. It's just all over the place, like over the announcements at school and stuff and guest teachers, but it's all, it's all, cool. It's all cool. Do you get your name over the announcements a lot? No. And not in bad ways. Not okay. in bad ways. <laughs> we also have uh, McKenna DeVries. DeVries? DeVries? DeVries. I probably should have asked you guys these questions before we got on the air, but I figured I figured it was Dabrowski and DeVries, so at least I'm, I've been proven right. Uh, I The first question that I have to ask is, last year, our co-players of the year for the Record Eagle, as a freshman uh, and as a junior, you guys combined for 66 goals and 41 assists. Can you improve on that this year? Is the goal to improve on that, or have you already forgotten those numbers and focused on this season? I mean, we have a new formation this year, so it's going to be a little bit more challenging, but it's been, like, a goal of mine personally. I don't know about you, but, like, every season just to improve the amount of goals scored, and, I mean, along with assists, too. But, I mean, it's going to be a little bit challenging now that we have this new formation, but hopefully we can make it work, and, um, Yeah up that number or something yeah like that. and definitely with those high numbers it's those are easy to remember so I think it's always our goal to improve especially from last season it will be hard but are you thinking 40 plus goals for either of you or is it the fact that you share the scoring so much that's going to make that a little difficult I feel like working together us two is what's created so many opportunities and just along with the team and 40 is quite a bit I mean if you it's good to set the bar high, but um, is it I'd less, be happy with the same amount or around that number. Is it less about individual statistics and more about the team? In and my you opinion. Kind of speak to that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I, I mean, scoring's always fun, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you win the game and the team's doing good, it's all the same. Yeah, it doesn't matter like who scores really. Just yeah, who plays just you all play together. So what's the you, you mentioned this new formation a couple times? What what are you guys changing from and changing to for? Our Unless it's top secret. So <laughs> I don't know. If I it's mean, classified, you don't have to tell um, us. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to break it down, but just kind of right. a, a layman's yeah. sense, I suppose. Right. Well, last year we played McKenna and I up top. We were both the forwards, but this year it's just me, and we dropped her back to midfield. 
And so, yeah. So is that going to take away some of your scoring opportunities? It, it's and changing, how do you feel about that? It's changing the dynamic for sure because it's going to be a lot more crossing and um, just different because I feel like last year it was a lot of dribbling and then just short passes throughout the midfield. But we're changing that up. And, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. I How has it been working so far? It, it's been working. It's pretty good at practice. Yeah. We yeah. haven't really had a chance to... <laughs> like yeah, it's been fast, fast but right? It's all been indoor and stuff, but yeah, with this whole thing, it's definitely a big like change. But I feel like we've all adapted to it pretty well for the pace that it's been going at so far this season. So what what has the coaching staff told you guys? I mean, why the reason for the change after such big numbers a year ago? Uh, I mean, you know, somebody might just look yeah. at it and be like, "Hey, don't broke what or don't fix." <laughs> wow, I'm really screwing this one up. <laughs> you were right. Yeah. Don't. You were, don't broke, what fix it? <laughs> we'll just run with that. You know what I meant. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, Don't fix what's broke. I think the main thing was that we had a lot of space on the outside that we weren't utilizing last season. And, I mean, I've asked a lot of people this, but while it was fun for us because we were scoring a lot, it's also important that, like, it's good soccer. So I think that was the main thing is that we weren't really um, playing as good of soccer as we can. So this formation will help us, like, with our passing and using the entire field. Right. Does it improve defense at all? I mean, dropping you back and only having that one main forward? It definitely, yeah, it definitely adds more numbers um, defensively. And, yeah, they just, that's the, yeah, that's the struggle right now is we have a lot of numbers in the back, so we're able to get back and defend, but we just need to keep working on getting our numbers up when it transitions into attacking, but. Another example of me not doing any research before I talk to you. Have you guys played a game yet? No. We, we uh, well, not, well, it was a scrimmage. So not a game that counts. Yeah, yeah, right. All right. How crazy is that driving the both of you? Or is it? It is. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it is. It's frustrating. I don't know. It's just going to be, being the last season, it's going to be super short. And I hope some of them get rescheduled. But right. I don't know. It's weird because usually we, we should be, like, six games in by now so it's, it's gonna just, hurt your stats not that you care about stats i know that yeah but, but it is it's gonna make a difference for sure so not not that it's going to be the case but you know say they were to reschedule all the games that have already been postponed slash canceled would you want to be playing every day or do you feel you you need that practice time i think the game or having lots of games is definitely tiring throughout the week you know stacking all those games up but um I think that's really what it shows, like, a lot of, it gets a lot of playing time, and that's kind of what is nice about it, but if we do reschedule them, I'd hope they'd be on the weekends, because if it was during the week, it'd be, like, crazy stacked, but. I mean, I'd be fine with four games a week. It'd be fun. <laughs> I mean, practicing the formation more, getting it down, right? Yeah. McKenna, you're in your senior year now. Is there a different feeling going into this than the first three years? Are you a little more, are you anxious? Are you excited? Are you looking at this as this is a year that I can really prove something? I'm definitely excited. Um, I think this year we have a team where even our coach has been telling us, like, we're going far, like, we're going to win conference. So it's exciting knowing that we can go far if, if all the games go as it like expected by us so Jalen what's it like playing with her how does she how, how does McKenna help you um, be better and then McKenna I'm going to ask you the same question about her um McKenna's super fast and I mean she really improves the pace of the game when it goes from transitioning from uh, our defense players to our attacking and uh she's really good at finishing and passing so that really helps throughout the game when trying to like receive those and Jay, she, everyone has seen it. Just when she gets the ball, she has it, and she'll plow through three defenders and come out with the ball somehow and just charges right to goal, scores with no effort. It's, I don't know, she's just so good. So I'm curious, McKenna, had you, I mean, did you know that Jalen was coming? Had you, had you heard about her before she arrived as a freshman? I really, I mean, I played up quite a bit in club season, so I, 
um, I was never with younger girls, but so when she came up, I we had never played before. I hadn't talked to her ever, and then we were just put up on top together, and it just worked. So were you were you surprised at how ready she was to be a varsity player as a freshman? Because I think even we were surprised because your dad, you know, in all the years he worked here, he kind of always downplayed. Uh, or was quiet about all the weekend tournaments he was going to and kind of thing. So we, you know, we didn't, I don't know that we were really expecting those kind of numbers as a freshman from you. Yeah, I was surprised for sure. It was, with freshman varsity, most of the time, um, they're just timid and, I don't know, kind of hold back, but she definitely didn't, obviously, <laughs> looking at her stats from freshman year, so it was exciting. Jalen, were you surprised at what you did? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was always, like, looking at high school soccer when I was younger, like, when I was the ball girl and stuff, and I was always like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, and I just, I thought it would be, like, extremely crazy, and, but when I stepped in, I just kind of realized how, like, how well, not, okay, I shouldn't say that, how <laughs> I feel like fit in, really, I should say, but, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty great. Did you feel very different from the first game of the season to the last in terms of either how prepared you were or just, you know, that, that nervousness was gone or just that you felt, you know, you, you earned your spot on the team and you belonged by the end or, or was it kind of you were ready from day one? No, yeah, I was very, it was very um, less nerve-wracking towards the end of the season. Um, just like the first game, I remember we played, who was it, Harbor Springs? And I remember I was, like, so crazy nervous, and I ended up, like, scoring the winning goal. And I thought that was, like, amazing being, like, stepping in like that. But yeah, it was pretty – it was fun. It's obvious to, to focus on the two of you since you are such dynamic players, but what is the chemistry of the rest of the team, and how have, have you know, you gals kind of gelled together going into this season? Um, that's part of um, what's making this season exciting and something we're looking forward to is because it's a lot of the same players from last season, so we're taking all of that talent that we had last year and just moving forward with it and improving. And then the additions that we have this year are really good, and they're going to help a lot. So everybody clicks. There's really good chemistry on our team. There's, I don't know. Who are some of those players that are going to stick out beside the two of you? I think defensively, um, Meg Farrell will probably stick out. And Maddie Parker. Yeah, Maddie Parker. She's a senior this year. This year, new, we have Maya Dean. So right. that's oh, adding okay. something new to our team. She hasn't played with us before, so that's exciting. Yeah, she's a sophomore, so she's still really young, too. But, yeah, with her adding, she's a midfielder, too. So she is really good with the ball at her feet and finishing, too. So, yeah, she'll be a great addition to the team. I was going to ask McKenna, um, I mean, as far as your four years in the program, you feel like this is going to be the best team that the Titans have had during that time? I do, for sure. Freshman year and sophomore year, it was kind of just we were the tying team. Every single game it seemed like we tied. And that's, it was like it was good but frustrating. And then junior year was the best out of the three, and this year I hope it's even better. Is a tie more frustrating than a loss? In or, some cases. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just because... They're so close. Just mostly when you know you should have won, but you tie. <laughs> so. You did win last year against Central in the district semis, beat them 7-3 to three in <laughs> overtime, and then you fell 5 to nothing to Midland in the district championship game. How much motivation do you have this year to make sure that you advance at least to the regionals? Yeah, um, coming off of last season and losing like to Midland, it was pretty frustrating just because they were like they were seen as such a good team in the beginning, and I feel like we didn't get as much credit for being as good as we were. And like then we get when we lose by that much, it kind of brought us down a little bit. But there's a lot of motivation to keep going further um, since the first day of practice. It's been put into our heads. I mean. Previous seasons, we've been told, oh, let's go as far as we can, but this year we're setting super specific goals and trying to um, choose where we're going as a team instead of just like, oh, let's win this game. 
but it's more of a big picture type thing. Yeah, we, like, set the bar pretty high this season. Like, we got together with our team and, like, set some goals, and we set the bar pretty high, hoping that we could reach that. Where is that bar? Um, at the minimum winning conference. Yeah. And then past that. So that's where you're starting. Right. And then past that, it's that'll be more of a game-by-game type thing. Mm-hmm. But before then, it's all, like, every single game counts. So... Do you feel like you're flying under the radar a little bit now? You're not ranked in the top 20. Do you? I don't know if you care about that. I know that coaches don't care. I'm not sure if athletes care or if they say they don't care. I feel like they're lying sometimes. Or at least <laughs> not being completely truthful. Do you feel like you're flying under the radar, that you're going unnoticed? I think from just, I wouldn't say we're a small town, but from where we are in northern Michigan, we're, I mean, and just Michigan in general, we're kind of a, like, a smaller town. And, but we have a really good team to be coming into this year. And, yeah, I just, I kind of, it's kind of sad that we haven't gotten a chance to be ranked in, in that, like, top few teams. But, I mean, as a player, yes, it is frustrating. But, I mean, I'm really happy with what team we have put together and what we're going to keep going through with the season as well. And, of course, you have a chance to improve that ranking and, right. and jump up sure. at some point during the year because you haven't played a game yet, so it doesn't really, yeah. no, yeah. obviously, it doesn't matter. Right. And I think this year will be the year to improve that ranking, exactly. hopefully. So, yeah. It's only, like, what, June, July already? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, it doesn't Close. feel like that, but it feels like we're getting pretty late uh, in the season already. Jalen, I, I have to bring this up. Brett, you kind of touched on it already, but your dad used to work here. Uh, Chris Dabrowolski got the name right that time. Have you been here in the office before? Did he ever bring you in for, like, take your daughter to work day? I think I've been in here once. And it was, like, some night after, I think we must have been Cherry Fest or something, and I don't remember what, like, my whole family just came in here and we just kind of, like, looked at, checked it out. And, I mean, but, yeah, it's, like, the second time I've been here probably, but, yeah. Not too shabby. <laughs> <laughs> did did Chris, your dad, did he step away? Uh, James is standing here, and uh, I know Brett might have the answer to this, but did he step away because he knew that you were going to be coming into uh, soccer playing at Traverse City West and it might have been a conflict of interest for him to, to cover you? No, I don't think that was it at all. I think it was mostly um, with his new job, he can come to a lot of more of my games, and he doesn't have to always work at night. Um but yeah, so I think it wasn't it wasn't like that. But I feel like it was just he wanted to make it to more of my games and to be more part of um, like my high school and travel season. So yeah. So he's not usually a loud guy. Is he is he loud at your games? Can you hear him? No, yelling? no, no. no he's pretty quiet. <laughs> he's pretty quiet. Yeah, he kind of he kind of just gives me my feedback after the game and never screams <laughs> during the game. Definitely, but yeah. Do either of you play any other sport, or is it just soccer? No, nope, just So you soccer. just focus on soccer. So, McKenna, I'll ask you this question. What are you doing during the offseason to keep yourself in soccer shape, both mentally and physically? I, I mean, whenever there's a soccer game on, we have it on in my house, so I watch that all the time. Just, it's, I think it's fun. A lot of yeah. people don't, but I enjoy watching it. And then just going to the Y and running as much as I can throughout the week. It's hard to stay motivated throughout the winter, though, when there aren't um, scheduled drop-ins and stuff like that. But when there are, I try to go to those. And then we have morning workouts starting in January. So for a few months, we're doing that. Are you familiar with three-ball soccer? Have you ever played three-ball soccer? Never heard of it? No. I played it in junior high. It was amazing. It had three balls going at the same time. We played indoors. And being the goalie was insane because there were times when you had two, three of them coming at you at the same time. Um, so oh my God, no, it is amazing. If your coach can work that into practice, I highly suggest it. It is a lot, because you have it going on, on both sides. And, you know. Yeah, try that. Yeah, that was pretty high pace. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Uh, McKenna, are you, I don't know, have we done a story on where you're going to college yet? Have we, or do you know where you're going to college? Are you going I to do. college? I am. I'm going to Michigan State. Are you playing soccer as well? I'm not. I'm going. I'm looking into the club season there, and just going to start out with that. See how that goes. Start with a lower. Uh, I don't know. Was it's it your just, academics that brought you to Michigan State? 
the amount of opportunities there. I'm still unsure of what I want to do, and so they just have a lot of options there, and I really liked the campus when I went to visit, so it was a good fit for me. Jalen, are you getting any offers yet, or do you, are you getting any letters in the mail? Um, I'm really looking into Central Machine University. I just went down there for a visit for soccer um, down on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And um, so I got to, like, check out the campus and go into the dorms and watch the team. At the time, they were doing um, uh, personal – there was, like, they were trying to beat their uh, record for – Power cleans, so it's just like weightlifting, and so they were in the whole weight room. This guy room knows all, that. About that. <laughs> yeah. all about that. Yeah, they were in the weight room. I don't know if you can day. tell, but he's he's, a, he's slightly jacked, <laughs> and I always embarrassed when I bring this up. <laughs> so yeah, we got to check that out, and yeah, it was pretty fun. But yeah. What's the? I, I asked this to a lot of athletes, and only because I want to know. I was, I was an athlete through high school, but I wouldn't. I wasn't a leader. I don't think I was kind of. Uh, you know, I would do my part play my role that I'd have to do. I wasn't nearly as talented as you are in soccer or the both of you are in soccer, whether it was uh, baseball baseball or basketball that I was playing. But what's the one piece of advice that you kind of, as a leader, that you are giving to either your teammates or younger athletes that might look up to you? Because you probably don't know this, and you're probably not thinking about it, but there are you know, young soccer players that are looking up to the both of you, watching those games, the you know, ball girls, ball boys that are looking at you going, one day, maybe I can play like Jalen, or one day, maybe I can play like McKenna. Um, one thing that I, my parents always remind me to do this, is just setting goals, but writing them down, and not just thinking about them, because once you set a goal, and then you write it down, then you're more inclined to actually work towards that, and uh, it gets difficult, because I don't like setting selfish goals some I guess you could say so mine are more like team-based and like teamwork but also just setting personal goals is also a really good thing so beating records or however just improving any area of your game what would you kind of categorize as a selfish goal I all, everything that we talked about in the beginning no. all of the stats <laughs> no I I don't know I think I look at it as more of, like, a team thing. So if the team wins, I'm happy. It's not really, like, yeah, scoring is fun, as I said earlier, but, I mean, and beating last year's goals would also be cool, but that's not, like, the only thing. I'm kind of, like, more interested and excited to uh, go further as a team and not just, like, focus on my records only. Some tips I'd give some kids would be to um, just never underestimate yourself. I mean, I see a lot of kids get really timid and they, you know, kind of keep themselves in like a little bubble. But like, you kind of need to step out of your comfort zone a lot. I mean, I had to do that a lot for like moving up for teams and stuff. But um, yeah, just don't don't hold back. I mean, honestly, just go for it. But yeah, that's what I'd have to say. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for coming in and coming here after practice. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Hopefully uh, some games start pretty soon. Right? And then uh, <laughs> I know that uh, we all wish you the best of luck going forward. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Another big thank you to Dobbs and DeVries for being here in the studio, taking time out of their day to come in and talk to us. Uh, as always, we really, really appreciate it. And we also really, really appreciate the fact that when we have athletes on here, we get more listens. And the more listens, the more likely it is that eventually we'll sell out and have an advertisement sponsor us or an advertiser sponsor us. So that'll be nice. That will legitimize this podcast, at least in my eyes. And make Brendan have to be a little bit more... Uh, What's the word? Mature? Professional? Maybe, yeah. Polished. Those are good words. Yeah. Honestly, I think, listen, I, I listened back to some of the other podcasts, including last week's when I didn't know, but I let loose a couple of swears that I did not, uh, well, not bleep out, but did not delete. 
And for our Audible viewers, our listeners who heard me drop the F-bomb as well as another swear, uh, I really, really do apologize. I'm very, very sorry. Uh, Super embarrassed about that. Why are you shaking your head? Brett's over there shaking his head like, this is, are you saying this is a hollow apology? It's pretty much what I was saying. No, it's not. I was, I'm telling you, man, I was, when Harrison Beatty of uh, 7 and 4, shout out to him, when he sent me a text and was like, hey, you you know that you said that and that, right? I'm like, no, 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 no way. I, re- I remember cutting that out, uh, and apparently that didn't happen, so... Apologies to our listener, listeners who heard that. Uh, it won't happen again. Fingers crossed. Well, why don't we, but aside from that, let's, let's, move, away, let's move away from uh, me swearing and cursing on the air and get into our player of the year predictions. Uh, I've got five that I'm putting up and actually five from just two teams. Uh, James, do you want to start with uh, one of yours that you're going to go with? I think that we'll both have our two guests as as possible winners for that. I, yeah, I would. I kind of figured that you guys would have those on there, so I, would, you know, figured I'd go in a different direction and go with Natalie Graff. Um, you know, she had a, a fantastic last year, season last nice. year for uh, Elk Rapids and moving to Traverse City St. Francis or UC Liberty this year. I think she'll have maybe even a bigger role where she won't have to skip, share the, the scoring role maybe as much as uh, she did in Elk Rapids. So I think you'll see her put up some some big numbers this season. And she's also she's coming in as uh, as a junior, wanting to prove that her sophomore year wasn't a fluke. Twenty six goals, sixteen assists, all region, all conference, second team, all state. So she's no joke. She is a player that's going to get out there. And I, James, I agree with you. I, I think that her being on the Liberty is only going to make her better. Yeah, and she's a very good defensive player too. Yeah. On top of that, I mean, you know, she's she can be somebody that you put on the other teams, uh, you know, one of the better midfielders, and just kind of take her out of the game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Elk Rapids' Nikki Hayes. Um, yeah, I got to speak with her a little bit uh, when I did her commitment story to the University of South Carolina, Aiken. Um, and she just kind of talked about how one of her big goals going into her senior year was to set the school's all-time scoring record, or goal scoring record, uh, which is currently 109 held by Carly Patterson, who graduated a couple years ago. Hayes is already at 75 career goals after 27 goals and 11 assists last year. So if I can do fast math, that means she would have to score 35 goals this year, which would match the number of last year's player of the year um, to uh, to break that record. But that was something that she was definitely setting out to do as, as well as taking out Rapids on another deep, season run and she's going to be the offense she's going to have to be the offense uh with natalie graff gone last year she had 27 goals and 11 assists and you know as a senior captain they're going to be looking to her to be the one that that puts uh puts balls in the back of the net quickly before i get to uh our guests uh go through those uh and our reigning players of the year just another elk rapids player and that's drew ancliffe Uh, it's possible in her second year she could be the joey weber of, of girls soccer she uh, I think I brought this up 14 shutouts she only allowed 13 goals and that was in her first year on varsity and uh, as we did with boys soccer we had offensive defensive and then overall player of the year and it's possible that we might do that again uh, this year if there are enough players that really show out and show up but the the two players that I think are probably the favorites and I think only I would say one of them has now become the favorite based on what we heard in the interview with DeVries moving back to the midfield, which might take away some of her offense. Uh, And I think offense, those are always the sexy numbers that we look at. Um, So I think that really does open the door for Jana Dobrovolsky to to take over. 35 goals, 21 assists as a freshman. She played like a four-year experienced veteran. I mean, so absurd. Watching her out there, she was just... Poised isn't even um, a strong enough word for what she was. She just played like she belonged out there. She wasn't scared. I, I went to several West games last year and was lucky enough to watch her play. And she's just she's just good, but I also think she's uh, I also think she's humble, and I think that's why her and McKenna worked so well together. Um, so she had one of the best freshman campaigns, probably 
uh, in the area, and I imagine she's going to shine more with DeVries offering another threat. Uh, and now that uh, DeVries has, has will kind of fall back, I, I can see Dobbs scoring 40-plus goals. I don't know about you guys. I think then definitely, I mean, <clears throat> not only being a year more mature, more experienced, um, but just being that one forward in the in the new alignment they have, I mean, I could easily see, I mean, a five-goal increase may be putting it mildly. And then you have DeVries, 31 goals, 20 assists last year. Quick, super, super quick. Um, James, I think you and I talked about this last year, but she looks so much taller. She looks bigger out there. She almost plays bigger than she is. I remember the first time I interviewed her, I was like, you look a lot taller on the field. Um, and, and she plays she plays bigger than she is. Very confident on the field. She's going to be everything that you want out of a senior veteran. She's unselfish, and she is going to work to bring up those younger players and bring them into the team and make them really feel part of it. And you got to think that she's going to be extra motivated coming out in her senior year. Um, you know, if it was just her on West, you'd, you'd think 40 plus goals for sure. But with Dobbs being there, um, you're looking at a very dangerous team that is uh, is going to make some noise here in the season and in the postseason, I think. Any other players that we didn't mention, other ones that could make some, uh, you know, could be a candidate for player of the year that we might be overlooking? I, I would say uh, Molly Gashaw of Leland. Um, the way Leland's offense has gone in, in past years, they tend to kind of run a lot of it through one person. And uh, so I could see her putting off some big numbers this season as well. She's put up already couple of good seasons here and uh, I can see her going another step all right let's make our predictions who are we thinking is going to be player of the year Brett I'll go ahead and start with you unless you're confident going with Nikki Hayes well I guess I thought when we were each reeling one off that that was us making our choices so I was just thinking we kind of go through the candidates and see who we thought okay well that said I uh, go with Hayes I mean I think Dabrowski's probably the preseason favorite and uh, certainly could walk away with it at the end, but um, I, think, I think Hayes is also very motivated going into this year. I would have to go with Dabo Valsky, I think, as well. I think you're going to see her scoring increase even from what it was last year, um, although I would not be surprised if Natalie Kraft gave her a run for her money. Yeah, I think those are those might be your top two with uh, Dobbs and, and Graf. I'm going to go, and again, we're not trying to take anything away from DeVries or, you know, you picked Hayes or Ancliffe or anything like that. It's I, I just think that with the position change for DeVries, um, that might be a little more difficult for us to um, to quantify uh, her as, as a player of the year um, com- uh, coming down the line. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Dobbs uh, from TC West. I, I think that, I mean, we talked about it. You talked about a five-goal increase, James, and it could certainly be a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, although there hasn't been much soccer played, we did get some high school sports in over the last week. So why don't we go ahead, we'll bring in Jake, uh, and he can have his candidate for our Athlete of the Week for the Get Around Hall of Fame. And Mr. Atnip, why don't we go ahead and start with you. Who are you putting up for the Get Around Hall of Fame? Now, in my first week here, I've been pretty limited action because of the weather, but uh, Haley Myers... Uh, out of Frankfurt, playing softball. She had four home runs in her first four games, and that's probably the most impressive performance that I've seen um, in the, my time here in the last week or so. So I'll go ahead and put her up for my first nomination. Brett, your candidate this week. I'm going to go with Traverse City West freshman Hannah Smith, uh, running track and field. She set a s- school record uh, five minutes, 2.64 seconds in the 1,600-meter run. And... Uh, I mean, not only impressive because she set the school record, but that was the first time that the Titans were able to run outside of the gym or outside of the halls in the school, uh, which is pretty darn impressive. I mean, usually if you're setting school record, you know, or having school record type performances, those are probably coming at the end of the year when you're hitting your peak. So if this is her starting point, um, a kind of... uh, intrigues me as to what type of performances she's going to have over the course of the season. As I said, she's a freshman, and just kind of for for comparison's sake, you know, probably the two best female runners that we've had in the area over the last several years have been uh, Traverse City Central's Ciel Carney, who's going to Northwestern now, and uh, Traverse City St. Francis's Holly Bulla, who's running at Michigan State. And their best freshman times... Um, 
Carney was 459-34, and Bullo was 458-84 as freshmen. And so, I mean, three and a half seconds, the weather's going to get a heck of a lot warmer. Um, you're going to get a lot more practice time in. I mean, you kind of just look at that and think that Smith could potentially uh, <clears throat> break both of those uh, numbers set by a pair of pretty darn outstanding athletes. Yeah, certainly. James, your candidate. Uh, I'm going to put up uh, Olivia Thiebing. Uh, made... Our guest from last week. Yeah. Getting the, old, the... Get, getting the uh, getting the get-around bump. Mm-hmm. Much like the Colbert bump. Yes, exactly like the Colbert bump, but better because it's from us. Yeah, of course. <laughs> she, they played in a tournament on Saturday, uh, You know, their first games of the season, I believe. Or just about. No, they played they, a double header against St. Francis. But uh, they got three games in on Saturday, and uh, she went two for three and two for three and four for four in those games. So she was eight for ten for the day with six RBIs. Um, I think I texted you guys that. I was like, yeah, but she didn't hit a home run. But Slacker. Believable. But, you know, it was, the, the, it was the weather and everything like that. One other honorable mention I think we should put out there is uh, Jake Bardenhagen from Traverse City Christian. Uh, pitcher who threw a no hitter along with combined Anderson with Emerson Slagle, who yeah. finished it off with a, a last one, two, three inning um, to, to throw a no hitter in their first game uh, for Traverse City Christian Baseball. Okay, let's get some votes. Uh, Brett, we'll start with you. We'll go clockwise around the table. I'm taking my candidate again. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Jake, who are you putting up? You know, with the points that Brett did bring up with these two runners who were actually very good in this area, with only being three and a half seconds off. You know, Again, suck it up to Brett. Go ahead. It, 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 does, oh it makes it kind of hard for me to think the potential that she has. So I'll go ahead and get her season started off well, and I'll vote, I'll vote for her. This isn't potential athlete of the week. It's what they did during the week. I can't she work said with this guy. She said broke a school record. I can't work with this guy. This is old. This is <laughs> James, go ahead. Hey, that record was 17 years old, by the way. Yeah, from 2001. Mm-hmm. Like, older than her. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> James. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, at least I let him join in the conversation. James. I would go with Anna Smith as well. All right. I am going to be, I'm going to actually go with uh, Atnips, and I'm going to go with Haley Myers. Uh, four home runs is pretty impressive, but she also has a pair of wins from the circle. Yes. But congratulations to Trevor City West freshman Hannah Smith uh, on both breaking the record and soon to be running a uh, sub five time in the 1600 meter. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Well, there were some news stories that uh, we weren't able to get to this week or provide too much discussion on, but I think two of the biggest news stories from last week was the departure of Blair Moss, the head coach, now former head coach of the Boys Buckley uh, basketball team, and also Ryan Federinchik. Uh, who had coached the Traverse City Bay Reps, the hockey team, for two years. Brett, you did stories on both of those. You talked with Moss. You went out to Buckley and hung around with him for about an hour, and he was kind of wistful, I would imagine, as you were talking to him, staring deeply into the, as you as you wrote, his reflection glaring back at him as he looked at the trophies that they had won over the last two years, three years, including district title in uh, 2016 as well. What what was the feeling that you got from Moss when you were talking to him? There was some of that wistfulness, um, but, you know, I think he's pretty content in his decision, um, even though he left the door open for future coaching possibilities. I don't, I didn't get the uh, gist that he's actually requiring a $9 million salary to come out of retirement. Well, that would be nice. <laughs> it would be. Um, but, you know, it just was... Uh, I mean, during these runs, sure, the you know team and coaches, they, they'll celebrate and talk to you about what they've done, but it's not until they really are able to take that step back and him stepping down from the program, you know, an official step back to, to actually really talk about, you know, you know, this is everything that they accomplished, what it meant. And um, I think one of the, the most telling things that I uh, – you sent me the story and I looked at your notes – and in the finals, they won in the state championship game. They won six of the eight quarters they played. You look at that and go, what could have been? And, you know, I asked him about that. Um, you know, I asked him, can you, 
Can you sleep at night with the with the two losses, uh, knowing that you won six out of the eight quarters but lost both games? And um, you know he he's pretty confidently said that he could, and you know that the uh, you know he felt his players could as well. That you know they accomplished so much and did um, so many incredible things for that community uh, over the course of four years. I mean, his Blair's first year there, they were one in nineteen, and just three and then four years later, um, they're making runs to championship Saturday in, in Breslin. So, uh, you know, he, he certainly gave credit to, to the to the guys. He didn't take it all uh, upon himself. He said, you know, there were times pretty easily that it was just them doing what they do, and his job was, was pretty easy. Yeah, you can't really coach Austin Harris to hit eight threes from well behind the arc. Despite the fact that we got scooped by both 7-4 and four and 9-10, and ten, uh, Brett, I think he did a fantastic job writing that story. I think that was much better than whatever those two news outlets did, a bunch of amateurs over there, and you clearly showed that you're a professional. Um, but, James, I'm going to ask this question to you. Uh, was the writing on the wall? Did we see that Moss was going to leave, especially with the departure of those uh, four incredibly talented seniors? I kind of I think kind of think it was a natural time, you know, for him to leave. I mean, um, you know, obviously there's going to be a big drop off next year, and, uh, and probably no coach wants to experience that really after being as high as they've been the last few years. Um, you know, when I talked to Denver Cade for his recruiting story, you know, he said that the, the players even kind of got that feeling, you know, that he was that he was going to go with them and kind of you know that that would be his last year um, so, so I, I think from a lot of angles yeah I think the writing goes on the wall yeah I mean I, I kind of felt that way too when James and I had talked about it going into you know champ, this last championship game uh, but it was kind of funny because you know just to hear it from him um, you know I asked Blair you know when when did you kind of know and he said well you know I've kind of always thought this might end up being the plan more or less from the beginning, um, especially once he saw the improvement that they were making as a team, you know, his second and third years. And he's like, but he's like, it was just watching them go up and down the floor and knowing that who else is going to be able to play like these guys, you know, he's like every time down the floor, I kind of realized that that was the situation. Well, and he, and he said that he told me or told you that, you know, Denver Cade was almost like a second son to him. He said that to me when I talked to him for the signing story on Denver, and he said, you know, that he hopes next summer or next fall, I mean, to uh, to be going and seeing a lot of uh, Denver Cade games and some Austin Harris games, and maybe Jordan Weber, or, I mean, uh, Joey Weber, if he uh, goes and plays college basketball instead of soccer, um, you know. He, then, but then he did add the point. He's like, if I'm not coaching, <laughs> <laughs> never say never. That, yep. No. Another coaching departure, Brett, you also covered this one, and that was uh, the Bay Reps head coach, uh, Ryan Federinchik. Uh, what did you get? What was the impression that you got from him? Uh, I know hearing you on the phone talking to him, uh, it, he was a little hesitant to even speak on the fact that he stepped down. Yeah, he was. Um, I don't think he uh, maybe realized at the time he was stepping down that that was maybe going to be a story. Uh, obviously, um, from our point of view, uh, certainly is a story, one of the you know, our three big Traverse City teams. Um, I mean, he'd had success there. Uh, not, you know, he didn't have a deep run in the playoffs during his two years, but he had two winning seasons. He beat Central once. He beat West once. Um, you know, it seemed like the program was going in the right direction. You know, he took over from Mark Stevenson, who had a, a winning season his last year and then added two more to it, which I'm not sure the last time the reps had three winning seasons in a row, but it had been a little while. Um and he didn't want to speak directly to whatever those points of contention uh, exactly were, but he just kind of told me that you know there were a couple of fundamental flaws um, that were preventing the program from reaching its fullest potential, and that uh, when you combined what his vision for the program was and what those obstacles were, it just was it made more sense uh, to step away. He said it was a really difficult decision. It took him a long time to make it, um, you know, which I think is probably why uh, St. Francis Athletic Director Aaron Bigger said he was pretty surprised uh, when Federinchik came to him with that news. Uh, but I don't think there was any changing his mind, and you know, he just talked about 
how he's still going to be pulling for these kids and rooting them on and hoping for nothing but the best that, that the program only continues to rise from here. So I don't know that there was any bitterness there. It just was, uh, just was time for that uh, a mutual marriage to end. Yeah. Yeah. I think they are. They're going to be naming a a new head coach this week. Is that right? I mean, at some point this week, or at least that was the impression that you got talking to Bigger, yeah, the athletic was, director. That was Bigger's hope that sometime within the week from uh, when that story was published that um, they'd have the new person. I mean, he obviously didn't guarantee that, but he said they had narrowed the search down already to a couple of candidates. Um, so that would seem to speak to someone internal, uh, be it uh, maybe one of Federinchik's uh, former assistants or at least somebody you know, maybe within the Grand Traverse Hockey Association or um, you know, something like that. But someone, someone nearby who knows the game, who knows the program, and uh, is already kind of embedded with um, all those hockey families and the hockey community at large. So I don't think it'll be too long until we find out who that uh, new man on the bench is going to be. Why don't we go ahead and wrap up the show as we always do uh, with the trifecta. And this week, uh, since Thursday is Bring Your Daughters and Sons to Work Day, I thought it would be a perfect time now to go over what we consider to be the best kids movie or at least one of our favorite movies when we were a kid to watch. uh, Best kids sports movie, I should qualify and say that. We are going to have Mr. Atnip jump in on this one since... uh, well, how old are you? 24? 24. 24 years young. He is just a pup. Um, Jake, you uh, gave us your first nomination for Athlete of the Week, and I'll throw it to you again. Your, what you consider to be the best or your favorite kids' sports movie. Now, me being only 24, you guys could still call me the kid around here. Um, I still enjoy these movies, so we're not going to say it was my favorite when I was a kid because these are still good. Some of them, at least. Um, I got a couple I'll put up, but only one that I'll choose. Um, start off with, uh, we got to put the Mighty Ducks in there, uh, just in the conversation, because... Now you're sucking up to Harrison Beebe. It, well, it doesn't... It, it's it's one of those formative movies D2, uh, when you're on right? a team. Uh, it depends. You like the original? It, I, I do like the original. I like the original, but D2 is good. No, but either See, way... Harrison's a D2 guy. Another choice for us that I was uh, not quite sure if you would consider it... Um, you know, a kid's sports movie, and I know you guys brought this up in the voting a couple weeks ago, but Field of Dreams is another one that's a father-son type deal, you know, kind of a nostalgic type of thing for me. If you liked baseball as a kid, you can't tell me you didn't like watching that movie. But, I mean, we're talking movie sports movies geared toward kids. It's well, a, wouldn't it probably go over most small children's? I don't know. I, I've, I've watched that. I watched that more when I was a kid than when I was an adult. I don't think I ever saw Field of Dreams until I was in high school. I just, I don't think I, I'm not saying it's not a great movie. It is. I, I just, myself, and I think the audience at large wouldn't consider that. Well, then what I'll do is I'll redeem myself with my actual pick. Um, my pick for my favorite uh, kids' sports movie is definitely Space Jam. Space Jam on yeah. my list. So yeah, with you. Michael Jordan and being a kid with a Looney Tunes, you can't think of a better combination. And even all the guys that are just in there, it just it's a great movie. And I know that we talked last week about Britney Spears being my sexual awakening, but uh, Lola Bunny, <laughs> right up there. <laughs> Brett, save us from the stupid things that I say. <laughs> well... I kind of I joked with you in the pre-show text message about we really want to have this movie be brought up again so soon. Um, but I, I mean, but when I, we're talking sports movies, when is it not going to be yeah, brought up? Yeah, the, for me, I think probably The Sandlot. I mean, it's not just that I feel like it is geared for kids, but it is about kids in the movie, and um, you know, just it's also in its twenty-fifth anniversary. Came out twenty-five yeah. years ago this year. But yeah, it's you know it speaks to that innocence of being a child, and you know the importance of uh, sports and games with your friends when you're that age. And yeah, it's a lot about friendship, about forming those bonds. And I, I think myself as a kid, I can always remember riding my bike to go play baseball with my friends from the time I was, I don't know, six to thirteen, fourteen years old. For for me, the movie's a little bit more of a metaphor. I didn't really play baseball with friends. I mean, especially at a young young age. Um, but, you know, it was more backyard football, recess football. 
James, you are the elder statesman here. What is very much so? Yes. What is your favorite movie geared towards kids, if, or geared toward kids, if, if there are even any available? I guess Bad News Bears is probably in your generation. I, I, I a thought bit. about that, um, but I decided to go with uh, the Karate Kid. Yes. Um, I figured you know it's something that a lot of kids can can relate to, and that you know he's supposed to be a, he's a kid that got bullied, you know, and then learns how to defend himself with karate. And it's a, it's a classic movie on its own. And also, and then you also have the remake, so maybe another different generation. No, you don't. Only. You don't have the remake. That's <laughs> not. But, a thing. but people are familiar with it. No, they just saw. I the haven't name seen the remake, movie. and I've heard it's horrible. But yeah, and I think one is the Karate Kid, and the other one is just Karate Kid. But it doesn't matter because the original is far and away better, <laughs> and it also features an actor with one of the most punchable faces in the history of film. And that is the guy that says, put him in a body bag at the end of the movie. I don't know if you guys remember that. But he's the one on the sideline. It's not Johnny. It's not, you know, sweep the leg Johnny. But it's it's the other Cobra Kai guy that says, put him in a body bag. And I just, even as a child, <laughs> I wanted to deck him right in the face. Uh, for mine, uh, Sandlot, since you've already taken that, I, I will mention uh, a couple of mine. Uh, you already mentioned Space Jam. Uh, I'm going to go with two movies that begin with the same word, and that's Little Big League and Little Giants, one about football, one about baseball. Uh, Little Giants is just, it's your classic underdog story about this group of misfits that comes together to play football and, and beats the, the team that is, you know, polished and has the best player in the area. Um, I just It also features a young Devin Sawa who went on to be in Idle Hands and also Final Destination. So, But I think he peaked with Little Giants. At least that's what I'm saying. So, uh, listeners, audible viewers out there, uh, this has never happened. We have yet to have someone tweet at us uh, their responses or their thoughts on one of our trifectas, which is now the ham bone. Uh, I think I introduced it this time as a trifecta, but uh, I'm going to have to get used to calling it the ham bone as long as we have four people in here. Uh, if you do have any picks for your favorite uh, sports movie geared toward kids, uh, let us know at TCRE Sports. You can also let us personally know, um, although I really don't want you to tweet at me. Um, but uh, you can find us at TCRE Sports. You can find me at Brendan Queeley, at James Cook 14, at BA Sports Writer, and I'm thinking at Jake Atnip. That is correct. That is correct. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 32 of the Get Around podcast. If you like this one, if this is your first time listening, make sure you go back and, and listen to the rest of them. You can, all you got to do is scroll down a little bit. I'm imagining that you are on SoundCloud right now. And if you're not on SoundCloud, if you're listening to this on the Record Eagle website, go ahead and uh, go to soundcloud.com backslash the get around. There, there you will find the rest of our episodes. Again, thank you very much. I've been Brendan Queeley in the studio with me, James Cook, Jake Atnip, Brett Summers. Have a good week.